0: The General Services Administration is months away from releasing the final solicitation for its much-anticipated Alliant 3 government-wide acquisition contract. But a group of mid-sized firms are already raising the red flags because they feel the draft version is tilted towards very small or very large contractors. Federal News Network's executive editor Jason Miller spoke with Doug Sickler, the chief growth officer for Pyramid Systems, Greg Gershman, CEO and co founder of Ad Hoc, and Kevin Cooley, CEO of Resource Management Concepts. They're leading a coalition of medium sized firms highlighting these issues, and they've got recommendations for improving Alliant 3.
1: A lot of these IDIQs, the self scoring IDIQs that are out there that favor really either if you're a small business category or if you're a very large business, Alliance is really unique in that it is a kind of a market dominant vehicle, right? If you are not an Alliant prime in one of the categories, you're excluded from a lot of the market, including your existing customers that are encouraged to roll over to uh, best in class vehicles that now that you don't hold. So even your work is, is at risk. And so we felt like we needed to, to have a voice in this. Uh, We did research, wanted to have a fact based discussion really regarding some of the key requirements that would exclude, you know, companies like ours and, and others in our, our situation from scoring well enough to be one of the 60 companies to receive this uh, contract vehicle, And, uh, you know, those are things like the past performance, the size of the past performance, which is really incongruent with, you know, the average size of the client task, things like the, uh, uh, you know, approved accounting systems, which require not only that you have the the accounting system capable of being approved by the DCMA, but that you have the contracts that require the audit, because you can't just you know request an audit out of the blue and, and have that done. So there are a number of things that that we found common uh, to one another. We, we really decided to get together into a white paper, uh, I think, and really summarizing the, the challenges that we face and ways that those can be corrected.
2: Doug, you bring up a couple things and why you all feel like Alliant is such a major contract. We know it's been around for a while. We know the size of the amount of money has been spent on it, but there are feels like dozens of IDIQs. And, and why is the line different, if you will, in your in your view?
1: It's really different in that it's used across the the entire government. I mean as a best in class vehicle. You know, there's a ease of use and access and there's almost an assumption on the, the government side that you have access to that vehicle to work with. So That and the fact that while there are other, a lot of other GWACs, Benson themselves, um, market directly to the the government. And they have the ability to really drive business to that vehicle, whether you've got say in it or not. So they might be able to convince your customer, right, your long-term customer, that this is a a good and viable acquisition uh, vehicle for them. They might require the assistance for contracting, et cetera, and those things leave you out in the cold, even in your even in business that you're you're vying to uh, to retain as a, as a strong performing incumbent. So it's a little bit different in that they're more aggressive in the way that they pursue uh, the, the business in the government.
2: Let's talk a little bit about the, the suggestions, the recommendations you all are making to GSA for line three. And we can start with this idea of breaking down the pools differently than maybe we've seen before about how Alliant 3 could be broken down by size. I don't know, if Doug or, or whomever want to jump in and maybe describe that recommendation?
1: Sure. This is Doug. I'll, I'll start. I mean, there's really the thought that Alliant is is essentially you know the proverbial building a church for Easter Sunday, right? Alliant in its history, right, has been known for consolidating requirements and competing these very large... Opportunities, right, and that's what FedSim, I believe, believes that you know the purpose of the alliance is, and so therefore they focus on the bigger companies, the things that can take on the very large, complex systems integrations. But the facts don't support that in reality, right? Most of the opportunities that are bid through alliance are much smaller, right, much much smaller, and so there's the thought that when you need the largest of the large, you you can pass those past performance requirements down to the task order level so that you get the very large players that can handle the multi-billion dollar opportunities. But, you know, you can kind of set a a step level based on size of past performance or size of revenue in in the company and things as a threshold for bidding on on particular tasks and particular bids. So, there's a way that they can have it both ways. We believe, and that's what we're advocating for.
2: This is Greg. I'll just add on to that. We want to get back to how do we find the right partner, and I think one of the probably the best measure of that is experience, and, and you know, and what has you know what have companies done um, in the past. You know, a company that has done a similar project at a similar size and scale is more likely to be able to deliver on the same kind of thing, you know, going forward. And I think that's a lot of what we go through this contracting process as we're trying to understand is, you know, who has that experience that's most likely going to result in a good outcome. The other piece to this is the current thinking that GSA put up there about the size standards and you all in the white paper lay it out really well saying, for instance, past performance is based on $275 million in past performance. The other piece is, as as as, uh, Doug mentioned earlier, you got to have a cost accounting system. Is that just not typical for a company in the fifty to one hundred million dollar range, or it's just the major big ones all all will have it because of what they do? But uh, for instance, Ad Hoc may not have it until you actually have a contract that you need it for. Where's the disconnect happening with GSA? Why are they asking for things that maybe aren't typical or don't exist among? this group of other than small companies?
3: This is Kevin. I, I can throw some answers out there. You know, in my experience, you know, most everyone does have a, a cost accounting system, but there are some agencies that don't really require it. And those agencies like to keep things simple. They'll be like, hey, all my task orders are firm fixed price. If it's a firm fixed price task order, you don't need a cost accounting system. Um, I mean, there there are different ways to make things work. So I can see where that comes from. But the whole idea going back to the $275 million past performance, I mean, most of our work is with the Navy, most of our workers with the Naval Warfare Centers. One or two percent of task orders might be in the two hundred plus million dollar range. So even the large businesses that work with the Navy, the naval warfare centers, very rarely get the opportunity to even bid on a $275 billion services task order. There's just a whole lot less of them. So I mean, and when you think about winning Alliant, you basically got to max your points out all seven of those passive performance references. So you just don't need one $275 million contract. You need like six or seven of them. And like I said earlier, they're pretty darn rare in the big picture. So the idea that, you know, the mid-level companies are gonna go out and clean up, you know, six or seven of those, it's ludicrous. It's just not gonna happen.
1: And this is Doug. And if you had multiple contracts at the 275 million dollar, you would not be a fifty million dollar company. I mean, that's it's just by definition, right? I would say that even Lidos would be hard-pressed to come up with three or four past performances that were five times their annual revenue. And it's not asking for a handout. What we're just asking for is the opportunity to compete, right? We love competing against the big guys because we, we think there are a lot of things we do better than what they do. We know, we know what we do well and we know what we do not do well. And those are the places where we're going to go and we're going to compete with those guys. And there's nothing we like more than to take down the big guys, but uh, you know, head on, but we just want the opportunity to
2: do that. Doug, I was going to, I'm glad you brought that up because I think what this is get to is because p- folks may listen to this and be like, stop whining, just compete, go ahead, compete. And what you're saying is, yeah, we'd love to compete as long as the playing field is level. And I think what GSA seems to be pointing toward is maybe a playing field that's not as level as it needs to be or should be.
1: Right, you, right. You just can't, you have to be on the field before you can compete. And so Alliant is a playing field. And we're saying, let us on the playing field.
2: And then I, I guess the the, the big question is there, which I know you all may not want to touch upon yet, but I'll throw it out there. Obviously, if GSA continues down this path and you all continue to not, if they don't listen as well as you hope they do, is there a protest potential too? I mean, is this is this something that, have you all talked to any attorneys yet or is it too early in the process?
3: Yeah, Jay and I, we haven't had any of those discussions, but I do think that's possible. I mean, there's, it was mentioned earlier, there's probably hundreds of companies that are highly interested in alliance. And I mean, we're four or five of companies in this group talking to you today that we've kind of got more of a let's engage kind of perspective. But there's plenty of companies that don't really have that engaged perspective. They'd rather fight things out at every level. So, yeah, I do think if things stay the way they are, you will see some some protests, you know, go to court, federal court to see what they can do to change this. What's going on now really isn't a great decision for the taxpayer.
0: Doug Sickler is chief growth officer for Pyramid Systems, Greg Gershman is the CEO and co founder of Ad Hoc. Kevin Cooley is CEO of Resource Management Concepts, all speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's Reporter's Notebook at federalnewsnetwork.com.
4: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Dr. David Wilson, president of Morgan State University. David has had a fascinating career and has garnered a long record of accomplishments from more than 30 years of experience in higher education administration. Came to Morgan State in 2010 from the University of Wisconsin, where he was chancellor of both the University of Wisconsin Colleges and the University of Wisconsin Extension. Before that, he held numerous other administrative posts in academia, including vice president for the University of Outreach, associate provost at Auburn University, and um, Associate Provost of Rutgers. And when we were talking earlier, too, you had just mentioned that you had a um, a wonderful nomination at the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. And David, thank you so much for joining me.
5: Shane, it is indeed a pleasure uh, to be invited into this conversation with you.
4: It's not in, your, um, in the short bio here, but I also know you served in some capacity in the Obama administration. Yes, I did, as a matter of fact. You've had a fascinating career at numerous universities across the U.S. How did you become passionate about the education field? And what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? First of all, I was made aware
5: of a quote by Horace Mann, who was a great 19th century educator who really gave rise to public education in the United States. And he was the first to utter the phrase that education is the great equalizer, And why that resonated with me was because I grew up in abject poverty uh, in rural Alabama, and there was no law in Alabama as I was growing up that required black kids to go to school. Uh, I was kind of shut off from formal education on a consistent basis. I didn't get a chance to go to school full-time until I was in the seventh grade. We lived on property there that were owned by uh, the white landowners, And so the um, owner of the property, a white woman, would bring down to this little shanty that we lived in. And she would bring Look and Life magazines. My mom, uh, she would make us as children plaster these pages of Look and Life magazines against the wall of this little shanty. To keep the cold wind out, I would take a kerosene lamp and go around the walls reading those articles in Look and Life magazines, which is when I first came across the phrase of Horace man." Hmm. From that point on, I committed myself
4: you know, to education. It's an amazing story. And two things occur to me. One, it's almost incomprehensible that this happened during our lifetime. for the kinds of reasons you just talked about, that it's it's fulfilling. But can you talk a little bit more about that? There have been so many so-called
5: top 50 institutions in the United States that have come aggressively after me. And you know I flirted with a couple of them, and I went home to Alabama, because these two were very serious. And my family is brutally honest with me, and they keep me grounded. So I flew down and began to talk with them about the society there that kept me from realizing my potential and then kept so many others like me from ever realizing their potential. At the end of a conversation that we had, someone asked Mr. Sosulu, we're leaving this conversation thinking that you harbored no anger towards a society that locked you away for 27 years. Are we leaving with the correct conclusion? He said, I harbored no anger or bitterness